Welcome to the Opinionated Optimist Podcast, the podcast that reviews anything that's worth reviewing. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Opinionated Optimist Podcast. I'm your host, Brian. If you're a comic book fan, oh boy, do I have a treat for you tonight. I have a comic book creator, author, and the actual the head honcho of Silver Line Comics, Roland Mann. Welcome to the sh- program, Roland. Thank you. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. No problem. So can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I, started in, uh, I started in comics in the late 1980s. Um, I was a comic book writer. Got in during the uh, independent black and white boom. Thank you, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, there was a boom thanks to the turtles, and that's when I got in. Um, book called Cat and Mouse was the first thing I did and led to other work. It was, uh, it was uh, successful in that it made the, uh, the top 10 list of black and whites for about half of the run. Huh? And so, yep, yep. So I was pretty excited about that. That, uh, that led me to other work, and I went on to become an editor at Malibu Comics. Now, a lot of people probably remember Malibu Comics for one of, one of a couple of things, but, but Men in Black is oh. the biggest. Okay. Yep, yep. Malibu was the uh, publisher that, uh, that published Men in Black. Uh, we did the Ultraverse. A lot of comic book fans can remember the Ultraverse from the 90s, and I edited about half of that line. Okay, cool. Uh, yep. Do you, do you remember Ultraverse? Okay. Um, <laughs> when did uh, your love for comic books begin? Was it like elementary school, like everybody else? Um. Yeah. Yeah. It. Uh, it was in. Uh, my mom fed it. Uh, I, I. I. I was not. I was a horrible student early on, and because uh, I didn't want to go to school, I just wanted to go outside. And I. I grew up in Mississippi. All I wanted to do was, uh, you know, go outside and throw dirt clods at the cows. Um, and so I began to fall behind all of my classmates and so my mom was looking for a way to get me to read my mom is an avid reader and uh, one one day we discovered or I discovered a comic book and uh, she bought it for me and and uh, I got hooked and addicted uh, right away and and uh, man I just I've been I was probably seven eight years old something like that so third grade I think is about about when I started doing it um and I really got uh, I got serious about it probably around fifth grade. That, that, that's really where I kind of remember the first comics I can remember being serious about. Hey, I need the next issue of this because I don't know the story. Um, and I've just been been collecting ever since. Got uh, probably about ten thousand comics in my collection. Wow, wow. your collection. Do you have what's your favorites that you have collected? Uh, so from Marvel DC, I was always a, a fan of uh, Spider Man and the Avengers. Um, I love the Avengers and this, of course, you know, my love predates the movies. Right. Um, uh, but I've got a, almost a complete run of the Avengers comic series. Um, the first, the first volume, I should say, they've relaunched it a couple of times and I, that's kind of when I stopped buying, but, uh, the first volume, uh, I think it's about 400 comics. I've got a near complete run, including a, a number two, which is signed by Stan Lee. Um, uh, the, wow. my earliest, the earliest one I don't have is number four, which is the first appearance of Captain uh, Captain America. Oh wow! I should say first modern appearance of Captain America. Okay. So, are you more of a Marvel or a DC fan, or you love them both? Um, I'm absolutely uh, more of a Marvel guy. Uh, okay. I was a Marvel. I was a Marvel zombie as a kid. 
Uh, in fact, I wouldn't. Uh, I, I tried reading some DCs, but uh, at the time they had the they had the multiverse. Uh, didn't call it that, but that's what it was. They had the multiverse, and I hated that. Um, in 1986, DC did something called Crisis on Infinite Earths, in which they took all their multiverses and they crunched them into a, a single um, continuous universe. And that's when I started buying DC. Okay. Um, yeah. So, because I, like, I, I can follow it now. It's like I, I never could understand why there were, you know, more than one Superman, why there's more than one Batman. And I just never could understand that. And so it just something that didn't interest me. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I tried to follow a lot of comic books too when I was growing up, but. This was like the late 90s and all. I can't remember. I kept doing all these special editions, like, you know, the death of Superman, all these. Right. What do you think is it getting you to sell? Do you think that strategy blew up the wrong way and almost killed comic books? Um, yeah, I think that certainly, you know, in the late 90s, um, it was a horrible time for comics. The early 90s, there was a lot of money in comics and, and so, comics sold, you know, in the hundreds of thousands. And like you mentioned, the death of Superman. Uh, was was highly publicized by DC as as oh this is going to be the death of Superman, and of course the problem was all the comic book fans said yeah no he's he'll be back and yeah. but the the you know the people at large are like oh this is Superman he's going to die, and so they sold I want to say they sold is either five million or eight million copies of that thing I mean they sold a lot and they like yeah. a year later uh, we've got four four new characters that inherited Superman's powers right by all four now. <laughs> Right, right. Yep, yep. Um, but I, yeah, I think, you know, I think there's a lot that adds up to uh, to to that, uh, you know, the, the gimmicks, the multiple issues, um, the frequent uh, Marvel and DC would often uh, go bi-weekly instead of monthly, you know, comics are, are they, they traditionally they're monthly and then they, they would go bi-weekly during the summer so you'd have to buy two comics a month and then not only would you have to buy the, you know the batman title that you like but you had to buy all four of the other batman titles and and, and uh you know marvel and dc both did it so they're both they're both guilty of that but yeah didn't marvel try to kill off peter parker too i'm remembering seeing i remember vividly in my back of my mind a cover of mary J like a crying at peter's gravestone or something it might have been a gimmick like a dream cover but they try to sell it that way yeah well so so admittedly i don't read them anymore um but you know i, I still i still try to kind of keep up with what's going on so there's a couple of things that happened uh from from what i know is that uh, peter parker and dr octopus uh swap minds so there were there was that in which dr octopus inhabited the body of Peter Parker and Peter Parker inhabited the, the, the body of Doc Ock. The other thing is that uh, there was a clone saga in um, there's a clone story in the probably 1970s in which uh, a villain made a, a clone of um, uh, I, can't, I think it was Gwen, Gwen Stacy. Mm -hmm. And and so it came out later that Peter Parker was actually a clone and Ben Riley, a guy by the name of Ben Riley, who was a Scarlet Spider, was the actual Spider-Man. Now I don't know how that ever resolved. I don't. I have a friend of mine did some artwork for, for some of that, but I just remember going, "What? Yeah, quite what a the heck? Yeah." <laughs> so, uh, I'm not really sure how how that story resolved itself. And I think these days, don't they have multiple Spider-Man too? Like Miles Morales is a character now too. 
They do. They they do. They have uh, the the multi the multiverse thing is getting to be a, a, a huge deal. Um, there's not only Miles Morales, but you know, there's all there's the Spider Gwen. There's oh, there's yeah. uh okay. yeah all, all yeah all kind of stuff and and uh, I I personally am not a fan of of any of that kind of stuff. Right. So how does one actually get into creating comics? Is there special art school you need to go to learn creative writing what do you recommend yeah i think it depends on what do you want to do do you want to be uh, an artist do you want to be uh, a writer Um, there's a lot of different things that you can do in comics if you if you want to be an artist that's probably uh, the easiest path to working in comics assuming that you know you can figure out how to draw because they're always looking for they're always looking for artists. They're almost never looking for writers. Um, there are ways. There are places that you can go. Um, I think uh, you know before before you hit the record button. You and I mentioned uh, like SCAD. Um, SCAD is is a place uh, that you can go and learn to do that kind of stuff. There's a fantastic okay. school. I'm sorry. Oh, I said okay. Yeah, there's a fantastic school in uh, New Jersey called the Joe Kubert School. And it was founded by uh, comic, uh, extraordinary comic book artist, Joe Kubert. Um, obviously, Joe, you know, Joe died several years ago, so he's no, no longer associated with it. But um, this school, that's all they do. You go to the Joe Kubert School to learn to draw comic books. Oh, wow. You learn to draw sequential art. Um, and if that's what you want to do, I think it's a three-year program. I, I, I work with several um, Kubert grads. And uh, one thing I can say is uh, they come out of that school and, and they know they know what they're doing, you know. OK. Um, yes. Yeah, so so I, I highly recommend that place. If you want to be a writer. Um, uh, you, you, you the first thing you got to do is you, you have to understand how comics are different from other medium. Right. Comics are not novels. They're not uh, television. Uh, they're not movies or not that that they're they're a uniquely. Uh, they're a unique form of visual entertainment. One mm-hmm. of one of my biggest pet peeves when I read comics is that when I read them, I'm like, okay, whoever wrote this intended this to be a TV pilot. Because oh, wow. it reads like a, a, a TV show. And I'm like, I, I don't want to read a TV show. I want to watch a TV show. You know, right. I want to read a comic. Um, so I, I think you have to understand that there is a difference. But, you know, you, you don't have to go to school to be a writer. You just have to know how to... Uh, control the language right you, you gotta you, you gotta make sure that you're not you know putting periods and commas and quotation marks in the wrong places and um and you have to learn how to tell a story what what makes a story visual for comics and 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 do that so um the main thing it is if dc and marvel is your goal then so what, what you have to realize is that they're not going to hire you right out of the gate as a rookie right because they're not that's not that's not what they do they don't hire rookies right um anytime you see someone quote unquote new at marvel or dc well they're not really new they've been making comics somewhere else or for someone else okay uh, are you a baseball fan at all oh yeah definitely i'm a big atlanta braves fan there you go so so i like to 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 use the baseball analogy okay so if you uh, if you're a baseball player and you want to make it to the Atlanta Braves, you go and you play baseball in high school. You, you're probably going to go to college. Uh, out of college, 
then they draft you, right? One of these major leagues draft you. Right. And now I don't know where the Atlanta uh, farm leagues are, but now what happens, you get drafted. You do not go straight to Atlanta unless you are a super phenom, right? right. And actually, I'll probably go to Triple A. Exactly. Right. That's exactly. That's it. They go. They go to the farm farm leagues, the 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 minor leagues, right? So you go then into the minor leagues, and then you learn how to work within the system. Okay. And then when the the Atlanta Braves have a need, they're like, "Hey, we need a third baseman. Let's look at all of our farm clubs to see which third baseman is is uh, in a position for us to bring up." Okay. Marvel and DC operate in much the same way, right? There, except they don't they don't draft you, but what they do is they look at the independent comics. They they they're the major leagues. Marvel and DC are the major leagues, but they study the independent comics. They're aware of what goes on, and they're like, hey, we need someone to, you know, to write a, 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 a you know, we need a new new blood in Spider Man. What can we do? Oh, look, there's this guy over here. He's been writing this independent comic for a couple of years. You know, I, we like the kind of stories he tells. Let's let's bring this guy up and give him a chance. You know. Okay. So it sounds a lot like actors too, like how they do the smaller, low budget films to build their portfolio, like you would say, to have work to show, have a reel, and then then you get noticed by the big time. Then right. That's exactly it. That's exactly okay. it. You, you you've got to prove that that you've got the chops, you know, to to play with the big boys before they're going to give you a chance. Okay, makes sense. Yeah, because I mean, I definitely know Marvel and. Uh, DC big money, so they don't want to waste it on somebody. But they're not going to pull through and sell their issues, right? That's right. That's absolutely right. Yep. Um, what was I saying? Oh, sorry. So, as a comic book fan, I mean, we just read every monthly edition. But how much time and work does it take to produce just one comic when it comes to you know your writers and your artists? <laughs> you know, yeah. or, or I guess I should say, concept to print. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This often surprises people when they realize that, oh, really? It takes that long? Uh, one comic book, and we're talking like a 22 page comic, takes uh, anywhere from four to six months to, to oh, produce. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, I, now, a writer is going to come up with a concept, which usually consists of, you know, about a, a page. Um, they'll, they'll, you know, run that by their editor, their editor will give them notes at which point in time they turn that into a script. Now it takes a writer probably about a week to write one 22 page script. Um, if they're, you know, if they're hustling, they can do it, you know, maybe three days. Um, uh, when I was, when I was doing it full time, I could do about eight pages of comic script a day. Um, and so that would let me, you know, finish a 24 page comic in, in three days, but, uh, you, generally you're looking at about a week. Okay. Okay. A comic penciler, right. Who, the, the, whoever gets it next. Uh, now of course that, that goes to the editor. The editor is going to spend time with it and, uh, you know, read through it and, you know, catch any, any mistakes and that kind of thing. And if there's story problems, you know, you, 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 uh, you'll go back and the writer might have to revise it. Hopefully you get most of those done before you actually write the script though. But when it goes to the penciler, the penciler is going to take anywhere from about four to six weeks to draw it. Um, pencilers have notoriously gotten slower and slower over <laughs> the, the decades. Okay. Um, you know, when I first started, it wasn't unusual for a penciler to do anywhere from a, a page and a half to two pages a day. Oh, wow. Um, you know, of course, you know, Jack Kirby is famous for having been able to do as many as five pages in a single day. Dang. Now. That's Jack Kirby. He's yeah. he's the king. He's a legend. Um, but you know, a page a day is a really good 
metric for you know a, a young artist to use they they need to 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 try to finish a single comic page in a single day but you know some artists take a pay you know take some uh, a, a little bit more than a day to do a single page uh and this is why you're looking you know four to six weeks uh for a penciler and the same is uh, the same is true for uh, your colorist and your inker. It's going to take them anywhere from four to, to, to six weeks to uh, to do their respective jobs. A letter is only going to take about a week. A letter is more of a, a, um, a clinician, a technician, right? They're, they're not a super, lettering is not a super creative. It's more of a technical job. So their job is to put the letters, the word balloons, the sound effects all down onto the page. Uh, and so it takes them about one week to do. Okay. But yeah, all, all told uh, for one comic book, it takes anywhere from about four to six months. Wow. So basically same time as the Simpsons too. It's an animated cartoon, same thing. Yeah. 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 And the cool thing is it's, it's, it's done in an assembly line process, right? So a writer is going to write the script. Let's say he writes script number one. Okay. When he's done, he turns that script to, you know, the editor goes to it, but the, the penciler then starts working on, on the, the artwork, the pencils for script number one. While while that penciler is doing that, the writer is working on the script for number two. Right. Right. And so when the penciler is done, he sends the or the editor will send the pencils to the inker. So the inker is working on the inks for number one. The penciler is doing the pencils for number two, and the writer is doing the writing for number three. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say yeah, that definitely sounded like uh, before you said the assembly line, which is a great analogy. I was going to say multitasking yeah. like crazy. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, a, a writer, it's funny because a writer is further from the publication date than the artists are, right? So sometimes a, a comic will come out and, you know, someone will be asking them about the story and the writer is like, okay, well, I've written this, this, I've written three other issues since then. And I know how this happens. I got to be careful in answering the, uh, oh. answering the question. Yeah. So that I don't blow it because I'm like, oh yeah, that guy dies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the secret. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say the opposite. Like, how do you keep track of all these like Marvel and the universe and multiverse? How do you keep track of all the storylines and not get them mixed up? <laughs> well, so obviously there are there are houses at uh, Marvel. So you have an, um, or at least there used to be. I assume there still there still is. Um, or, or their families, right? So you have the X family, you have the Avengers family, you have the Spider family. And so you have an editor who is in charge of all of the Spider-Man books. That editor does not keep up with what goes on in all the other titles. He only keeps up with what's going on in the Spider-Man family. Gotcha. The X-Men, yeah, the X-Men line editor only keeps up with what's going on in the X family. He does not pay attention to what's going on in the Avengers and Spider-Man and, and all only what's going on within that family. So like a continuing continuality expert in the movies, right? To make sure the character yeah. has the red shirt and the right scenes. That's absolutely right. Yep. And that's that all falls. I, I, they used to call they used to have them editor, the individual editor in chiefs. They did away with that. Um, they called them line editors for a while. I was a line editor while I was there. Uh, I don't think they call them that anymore, but I'm not really sure. All right. So to, well, I say we have like a beginning comic book and don't you have a new comic book out? You have a Kickstarter out for? Uh, well, I had a Kickstarter that ended on Sunday. So um, yeah, so we just finished. Uh, we just, we funded and we reached a couple of different stretch goals. 
Um, but uh, yeah, so I, so I run uh, today. I run Silverline, and Silverline's been going on for about uh, oh since about the start of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so not quite three years yet. Um, and in that three years time, we've done about thirty comic books. Um, I am not the writer of all of them. Uh, I wrote a bunch of them, but I'm not the writer of all of them. Uh, but in this uh, in this last Kickstarter, one of the one of the books that um, was involved was mine, and it was and it's called Trumps. So we we uh, we kickstarted the third issue of a four issue miniseries uh, okay. called Trumps. Can you tell what the series is about, or you just want sure? To yeah, it's actually uh, it's a science fiction superhero story set on the world called the Deck. There are four kingdoms at war. Those kingdoms are the Hearts. Diamonds, spades, and clubs. Okay. Only one of those kingdoms can hold the seat of power, and that suit is called Trumps. And so, okay. yeah. So when we open the story, they are at war to see who will become the the current Trumps. Okay. Yeah. I have been told. Uh, I have been told by uh, fans uh, they thought it was uh, sort of the science fiction version of uh, Game of Thrones, but without all the sex. Okay. <laughs> well, hearing that, I mean, I've followed a lot of work of uh, Kevin J. Anderson. Do you read him? Sure, I know who he is. Yeah, he uh, had a novel, The Saga of the Seven Sons. Uh-huh. And on that, he had all these different people, made of different elements. So there were like the fire people, the water people, the snow people. So right. that kind of reminded me a little bit of that, too. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's funny because when I tell people about it, they're like, so your story is about playing cards? I'm like, no, they're not playing cards. They're like, the kingdoms are based off of each of the suits. So we do have a king of clubs. We have a queen of diamonds, right? We have uh, an appropriate, quote unquote, person who holds the same uh, same title as a card would have, but they're not playing cards. They're science fiction, you know, beings. Right. It kind of also, I also remember there was a uh, comic book visionaries before too, where they had kind of like a uh, 3D emblem on their chest and all, and that kind of reminded I, me a little of that too. Yeah, I remember the title. I don't, I don't ever remember reading that one though. I don't think it did as well as I thought because I remember back when my parents bought me like you know big clump of comic books and like mail order, and it gave you uh-huh. a or two. But then of course, like <laughs> two months later, uh, Ninja Turtles came out in comic books. And I was like, oh. That's the one I want to read. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, like we said, when you get so Trumps and all, or any new comic, um, what kind of marketing do you have to do for it? Because I mean, just this podcast alone, I know you got to be on social media all the time. Yes. Do you do a lot of yeah. comic cons and all that. I do. Um, I attend. Uh, I attend as many conventions as I as I can possibly uh, stand to attend, or as I can uh, get myself invited to. Uh, I think this month alone, I have uh, one, two, uh, this month I've got two shows. I'm doing uh, Suncoast Comic Con on uh, August the 13th, and then I'm doing Infinity Con in Kissimmee, Florida on August the 20th. Um, And then in September is our kind of our big, big one here. We have a lot of uh, Silverline people will attend uh, Daytona Beach Comic Con. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever done Dragon so, Con in Atlanta? I am not doing Dragon Con this year. Uh, unfortunately, if you go to the site, you'll see I had to cancel. Um, I, I could not get it arranged to uh, to attend this year, unfortunately. So I'm going to try to get all of my ducks in a row, and, and I'll try to attend next year. Okay. 
Yeah, I've never myself never attended. I always wanted to, but it looks overwhelming. Like just century overload of all comic books, people caught cosplay and all. Could you? Are you talking about Dragon Con? Yeah, Dragon Con. I know they do like a parade and stuff in the city of Atlanta. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there are probably smaller shows that uh, if if I were making the suggestion, uh, I, I might suggest you attend first. Dragon Con is a bit overwhelming. Right. Um, it, it's huge. It's in, it's in like five different hotels. And so you, you literally have to, there are often there's like, oh, I want to go to, you know, I want to go to this thing, but it's in this hotel. So you go over there and do it. Then it's like, okay, well, next I want to go to here. And then it's in another hotel. So you're walking back and forth between all the hotels and um, it, it, it can, it can be uh, can, challenging, I guess might be the word. Right. Um, yeah so yeah i know i, th- I think there's a an, uh, an atlanta i think there's an atlanta comic fest that uh you know you might might try out instead i think chattanooga i don't know how far you are from chattanooga chattanooga's got one um i don't know how far you are from like uh heroes con in north carolina charlotte north carolina okay uh, that's yeah that's a huge comic show it's probably uh heroes con is probably okay yeah um heroes con today is probably what san diego comic con used to be before all the movies okay now i know like spooky empire do they do any um comic books as well um i would guess so i don't know um I, i don't go to spooky empire um but i would i would guess they do have some comic books particularly you know those that are horror horror based you know mm-hmm Okay, um, so but I, I I personally don't know. I've never been. So okay, uh, so basically, for I guess any final words for any expiring comic book artists or creators? Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, the main thing would be um, if you want to if you want to make a comic, I would say um, adopt the the slogan from Nike, and that's just do it. Okay. Um, I, I hear so many people talk about, you know, if I could do this or if I did that or I'd like to do this or I'd like to do that. And my response is always just do it. You know, here's the deal. Your first one is going to be crap. Right. <laughs> so but but the problem with this is right. The, most people know that the problem is if you don't ever get that first one out of the way, you're never going to get to the second one. Right. So you're going to keep de- delaying and delaying and delaying. And that first crap one will never be done. Right? right so do it and then move on to the to the next one the next one will still probably be you know bad but it's going to be better than the first one because you will have learned so much just from doing it right and then i think i think I, in, in my experience <clears throat> excuse me in my experience people begin to just skyrocket in in the way they learn and improve after having done just one or two comics okay yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I, I'm sure the biggest hurdle is everybody's afraid of the judgment, but once you do it the first time, you know, you knew what it takes. You show it yep. to your friends, you get critiqued, you know what to improve upon. Okay. Yep. Well, judgment will be there. Um, right. And that's the thing you just got to, you got to keep in mind. You can't, uh, you know, fortunately we live in a world that uh, everybody has different opinions. You're not going to make, you're not going to be able to please everyone. And so don't try um do something that you like and there will be people out there who do like what you do okay makes perfect sense all right well roland thank you again for doing the podcast i really appreciate it absolutely thank you for having me no problem you have a good night thank you you as well bye
Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please subscribe so that you may get all future episodes. Thank you for like listening. Follow if you like this episode, Facebook, please subscribe Instagram, so that you may get all future searching episodes. For the opinionated like follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching for the opinionated optimist.